Well, this is sounding pretty good. I gotta. I. I'm. I think my. I'm thinking about replacing my USB interface with my mobile one. I'm not sure why. I guess I've always. I've been, okay. I guess I've been a little spooked ever since I heard the story of Federico's burning up that one day. Uh, because yeah. we have the we yeah, have the yeah. same one, and so I. I don't know, and I could. I guess I could clear desk space a little bit too if I go to the mobile one. Because uh, I have a zoom, one of these Zoom thingamabobbers, you know, Zoom H6, which can take sure. XLR yeah. mics. But um, I don't know. I, I'm in that, you know what, Rob? I am in that place where I it, it's quieter at Mac Stories. And so I'm starting to do some experimentation, switching up the studio a little bit, moving things around, um, trying to make it more... <laughs> I don't know. So I'm like, it doesn't sound very productive. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it is and it isn't. But I'm 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 contemplating things that will let me work on new projects, perhaps. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. It's you know some of it's just moving things around because I don't feel like doing anything else today, and other aspects of it might actually turn into something cool down the road uh but i am getting out of the basement more now that i have my ipad pro and can work on that oh don't you'll make me jealous <laughs> it's pretty nice it feels really solid you know it's funny it feels it feels far less breakable than my macbook pro my 13 inch macbook pro because every time i open that i look to the sky and i see if there's a dust dust particle falling that's going to jam up my keyboard yeah it's a bit weird that you know, you and and I do as well. Sort of live our lives worrying about dust. Yeah, I, on our two, three, four, five thousand dollar laptops, depending on what model you buy. Know, the um, dust really shouldn't be the no, enemy. No, the, the the worry is real too. I mean, usually I work with my MacBook Pro in clamshell mode with all sorts of wires coming out of it, and you know that was one of those things where I was like, oh, this is not the way you're supposed to use a MacBook Pro, right? It's supposed to be at least at some of the time be portable, and that got me to thinking, you know, this is one of those things where you, you sit down and you think, how are ways that I can spend many thousands of dollars very quickly? And one of them is, well, to really make that laptop portable, I could just get a really high-end Mac Mini that would be effective, would be actually faster than the MacBook Pro because it's a 2016 MacBook Pro. And you can spec out a Mini now, so it's, you know, it's competitive with an iMac Pro. Uh so, and you know, I like to have lots of tabs open too. So I thought, yeah, you know, I'll ju- juice up the RAM a little bit so I can have a hundred tabs open at any one given time. And none of them are kind of, <laughs> you know, the, instead of fixing the prop, fixing me, I can throw money at the problem and have a computer that can handle having a hundred tabs open at once in Safari. Um, but ultimately I decided not to do that. Not long after my iPad Pro came last week because I forgot, I had forgotten really, you know, it had been months since I worked on an iPad Pro after I accidentally destroyed mine, and I forgot how nice it was to work on. I mean, I have the Smart Keyboard Folio, which I actually kind of like. Federico wrote that about that on Mac Stories recently. He does not like it. Um, I can see why he doesn't like it. I have, I have some of the same gripes, like the lack of, you know, special iOS keys and media keys and that kind of thing. But unlike, sure. unlike him, I have, I have tinier hands. And they're really like little claws of a dinosaur because I just sit here not doing much any, of anything other day, every day except for typing. And so I type type away on that little keyboard, and it's totally fine, and I find it comfortable, and I like it. Uh, the other thing I sometimes do is I'll put it in a 
in a stand and then use like the the mat, the Bluetooth magic keyboard, which I like too. So uh, that got me out of the basement today, for instance, where it's cold, sitting up in the kitchen, just doing some writing and I don't know, gets me out and about. So I, and I took it down to Chicago yesterday with me. I uh, used the magic keyboard folio for that. Um, it's, it's a really solid machine. It's, you know, it's, it's not much different than an old iPad in the sense that iOS hasn't changed for it. Hopefully that will happen with iOS 13, but boy, it sure is fast and it sure does work well for what it is. Uh, I just hope that the software starts catching up with the remarkable hardware. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, aside from the actual software, because I don't use it, but or hardly ever use it, even on my phone. Right. But yeah, I mean, you're totally right. Like the just the the look of it is incredible, and you know, I've watched a couple of reviews, and it it just looks so good. And you know, the little pencil charging yeah, thing, really and cool. the little keyboard case folio thing. I want it all, <laughs> and I I can't have any of it because I cannot spend that much money on a computer that I will not yes, use. It's very expensive, and I find the like the the uh, expense debate interesting because I think people who think of it as a big iPhone or an iOS device first feel that it's really expensive, and people who think of it as a computer think of it as well. Yeah, it's expensive, but it's really it's competitive when you look at it in terms of the power compared to like an i um, uh, MacBook Pro, right? I mean, it oh, yeah, is really sure. expensive still. That that is true, and you know, like that folio case, the keyboard folio case is two hundred dollars. That's a lot, um, but yeah, I like it a lot. The I have a in my Tom Bin backpack, I have a little uh, sleeve for my thirteen inch MacBook Pro, and the iPad Pro fits in it perfectly though not with the pencil attached, which is kind of too bad. It makes, it's just a little bit too wide to do that and fit it in there. The, and the old one, the old iPad Pro from 2015, that when it had the keyboard cover on it, it wouldn't fit in there because it was just too deep, just too wide. The bezels just made it a, just big enough that it wouldn't fit in there. Uh, and this new one, it fits in there really snugly. It's almost a, exactly the same size as the MacBook Pro, but... It just feels, I think maybe because it's not curved and the sides are, you know, the sides and the and the edges are all flat. It just feels a lot thinner than it actually, and I think it really is, even with the keyboard cover on. Um, and that's kind of cool. I mean, I just, and it just is, it's heavy and it's solid and it just, uh, it's, the design of it is really pretty, pretty neat. Of course, like the old ones, and I think this is because of a coating that they use for the, the pencil to work properly. It is a fingerprint magnet, uh, and that that you know I use a lot of keyboard shortcuts when I'm working on a keyboard. But if you do any amount of touching of the screen, which inevitably you do because it is a touch device after all, it it gets grimy pretty easily. And the new portfolio, the new folio case doesn't have you know the old smart keyboard cover had like a a microfiber inside to it that rubbed against the screen when you carried it around and kind of cleaned it off a little bit. Whereas now it's just those, uh, those cloth keys that are there. So it doesn't have the ability to clean itself and you have to just kind of wipe it down every so often. Yeah. I've seen some pretty disgusting pictures of the screen um, on Twitter. And I think a couple of reviews like for something that it's designed for people to touch it with their filthy grubby hands. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty bad at picking up fingerprints. I mean, 
I guess you could carry around some hand wipes all day, and every time you want to touch it, you clean your hands and hope that none of the oils come off. But yeah, uh, yeah, I imagine they're going to improve that over the next, you know, four, five, six, ten years or something. I hope so. Um, but yeah, right now it's not great. Yeah, I hope so. Although it has not, I don't think it has improved since the original one at all. And I think it is due to the pencil somehow because i i believe there's some kind of coating on there to give you enough friction so the pencil doesn't feel slippery on the surface and i think that's part of the problem right. it doesn't have the same kind of coating that they put on the phones and that to make them i guess somewhat you know uh i guess fingerprint resistant and that you know it it doesn't take much. I mean, I took a picture today and sent of of my setup and sent it to a couple of people. And I looked at the picture and I was like, it, it really shows up in photographs even more so than when you're using it. And I was like, oh, it just looks like I ate my lunch on that thing. <laughs> when you know, when it really wasn't that bad. I mean, there was a handful of of fingerprints up in the corner for from doing something, but. Uh, when I took a picture of it and it caught the light, it really, it really looked pretty awful. But yeah, I'm happy with it so far, and you know, it's I really do. I'm really down to the point where there are only a couple of things that I do that I really need to be on a Mac for, and including things like right now while we're recording. Um, but and, and that's okay. And then things like you know, if you use Xcode or you use Logic or Final Cut, any of those kind of uh, pro apps that have a timeline associate or or just a lot of text or tools a big screen is pretty nice so i do even though even when you can do things like you can use ferrite to uh, edit a podcast on on an ipad i still do prefer my 27 inch display for doing certain things and i'll probably stick to that but i do really feel like i'm gonna spend more time on the ipad pro going forward which is one of the reasons i didn't end up getting that mini i thought well you know i do i have an older mini that's like a 2014 and it really doesn't do anything that requires any real heavy duty work and it runs mojave so i'm just gonna stick with that I've got my MacBook Pro 13-inch. It's still perfectly good, and it mostly stays out of the dust since it's in clamshell mode, and I can take it with me when I need to do those things, those handful of things on the road. I'm looking at you, uh, MailChimp, once again. I like to complain about MailChimp whenever I can, Rob. I'm sure you've noticed. Um, oh, yeah, of course you do. I mean, would it even be an episode of a podcast if you did No, that? no, because, you know, I just feel like web apps. I I shouldn't I, I shouldn't lay it all at their feet, but I, I don't. I feel like they don't even try. On the other hand, um, mobile Safari needs to have be a little more desktop like. I think in order to you know, I feel like the two of them need to meet in the middle. That there needs to be some concessions made by the web app developers, but also I think Apple's got to do some things to make Safari on on iOS a little bit more like the desktop version so that some of these web apps that people rely on can be used. I mean, I think a lot of the reviews you hear where people are like, oh, I can't get my work done on this. A lot of them are coming from tech reporters who use web apps for their CMS systems that just don't work on uh, in Safari on mobile and that, that you know puts a bad taste in their mouth right out of the box. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I can take now i mean we you know we've got a fairly big issues list at work for our, our products and you know at least two or three of those are specifically related to safari on ios because of you know either things that we didn't foresee or limitations of the browser because it doesn't quite behave like any other browser even though it's you know it's fairly modern and it gets updated reasonably regularly right. um you know so it yeah 
it, of course, if our primary audience was using an iPad in Safari, it would, you know, it would probably become number one priority. But you know, that's not always the case. And I guess you know something like Mailchimp or you know any of these other CMSs, that's probably not their main priority. And that's. But I guess what you'd also need is more people using the iPad to make that more of a priority. But until stuff works, people aren't going to do it. So it's kind of this chicken and egg problem. Yep, there's no doubt there's the chicken and egg problem. And, and Apple's not doing as much as I would hope they would do to push it forward in terms of moving their own pro apps to the iPad. And just little things like keyboard shortcuts, which are are starting to take off even without Apple's prodding, but a lot of Apple's apps don't do a very good job of implementing them, even though, you know, they, they can be really handy. I mean, if you're using an iPad with a keyboard, it's nice to have keyboard shortcuts for most of the functionality. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's, I, mean, that's, I think that's definitely something, you know, if I was to use an iPad, that's definitely something that I'd want a lot of support for. Um, right. But, you know, here we are. I'm still on my Mac. Like a you know, like an old person. Not, <laughs> no, I'm not looking to the future. <laughs> oh well, maybe someday, Rob. You never know. Maybe, maybe someday. Maybe. All right. Well, so what else should we talk about today? What else is on the agenda? So I complained, I guess, maybe a little bit about Red Dead last week. All right. Um, I was I was a little bit frustrated with. Oh, so I guess not last week. Well, your spe- your we special recorded. horse just jumped off a cliff, is what I remember. Oh, don't my next horse died oh, as well. No. You're not you're not very good with animals, obviously. No, I've kept my latest horse um around quite a lot. Bandit is right. her name. I apologize. Um yeah. Uh th- this one's been around for a while, so that's good. Um <laughs> good. but yeah, the horse situation is a bit weird. Um, <laughs> partly because at one point, um my current horse, I was in a cutscene. And my horse just ran off a cliff behind me. Like, I watched it happen. I was like, well, there's nothing I can do because I'm in a cutscene. Oh, no. Uh, uh, so, yeah, the horses can behave a little bit weird. I, I think um, we need to point out that no no real horses were actually harmed in the making of this podcast. That, absolutely. Yeah, no, they're, they're not real horses. They're just digital horses. And I legitimately horses. felt quite sad when they died. So. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think I complained a little bit. I... I thought I, you know, I felt it was a little bit slow getting into it. Um, but now I've had another. Well, I spent the whole weekend playing it, so I've done, I've done a good twenty, thirty, maybe forty hours. Um, it it gets a lot better. Um, I mean, I I was like nearly in tears over the weekend. Like the story is so so good, and you feel so invested. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does get it does but get a lot better. I think it just took a little bit of time to get to that point right yeah it definitely takes its time getting going which i think it you know i suppose that's frustrating to some people but i kind of like games like that as long as they don't get to the point where they're boring and i I haven't felt like red dead is boring it's just just you know takes its time yeah i think what the problem was i had in my head i'd remember in the first one Mm -hmm. you know and that was very much here you go, you're a cowboy, let's go and shoot everybody we can find. Right. Um, and it was a fairly short game. Um, it, you know, it was maybe like 15, 20 hours you could do the whole story in. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, this one, I've been going God knows how many hours, and I think I've still got a fair bit of story left to go. Um, but I think because I was thinking about the first one, I think I just expected to get straight back into that and just, like, do a lot of shooting. And But, like, as you say, they kind of get you into it a bit more, but... You know, now I've played 
more and I'm further through the story, I'm absolutely loving it. Yeah, so so nobody should keep uh, people should get off of Rob's back. <laughs> that sounds like you heard from some people. Uh yeah, I had some discussions with some people who were like, "You're wrong," and I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." I I said it on the internet. You're entitled to tell me I'm wrong, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. It's I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, especially since you basically bought a system for it. <laughs> uh yeah, not only bought a system, but completely rearranged my gate my my game room. It is the spare room of our house that I share with Jess. Yes, it's the, it's the <laughs> room. If someone comes to visit you and they and they want to stay at your place, would they have to sleep inside the game room, or where is is there, is there an they, alternative? That is where the only other bed in our house okay. is. Is in the game. I wasn't room. sure if there was still um, a bed in there. That's what I what I was hinting at. <laughs> that there is a, a a sofa that turns into a bed. Okay. So, so tell me a little bit, um, but yeah, yeah tell me a little bit about the game room because you sent me some pictures and it looks pretty. It looks pretty nice. You actually have some some uh, pretty serious cable management going here, and everything looks very orderly and organized. Yeah, so I I had a few consoles downstairs in the living room, um, but I decided and I had the game, some of the games down there for those consoles, and I just thought to be honest, it would be a lot better if all of it was just in one place. Um, so I've got like a nice sort of black and glass tv unit with let me just get the picture up because i can't remember which consoles are actually on here uh so we've got the ps2 ps3 ps4 uh, n64 360 and an xbox one um so those are all hooked up oh and the apple tv as well is there um so yeah those are all hooked up on the units and then either side of that i've got two big bookcases uh one side has got mostly microsoft games and the other side has got all the playstation stuff all right yeah you've got all yeah you got a lot of games here yeah i mean that is the the sort of gift and curse of of doing i I worked maybe a year in a secondhand game shop oh Um, sure right you know so i you know i'd be taking in these games people would come in and sell their games and They'd never make it to the shelves because I was just spending like half my wages. <laughs> all the good ones, all the good ones were going straight <laughs> just... to your pocket, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, there'd be if somebody came in with like a special edition, you know, game or you know, a nice steelbook or something like that. I'd be like, even if they didn't want to buy it, I'd be like, can you just buy it and I'll buy it off you? Because <laughs> you know, I just ended up sort of collecting a lot of this stuff. Um, Looks like it slowed down a lot now. Yeah. But, you know, I, I still pick up a few bits every now and again. It looks like you have a lot of controllers there, too. Yeah, so most of the con- most of the consoles, I have t- at least two controllers. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you can see on the wall there is the... I think that's probably mostly like one of each console there. And then the four N64 controllers. Because right. um, they're just a little bit harder to store because they're quite big. Right. Um, and then I have a drawer that's got the extra controllers in as well. Oh, all right. So for now, how are these? Are these all hooked up directly to your TV, or do you have to use some like HDMI switchers or other things? Because with six boxes here plus the Apple TV, that's a lot of inputs. Yeah. So I'm just looking at the picture now. So, well, the the PS2 and the N64 go in with the SCART socket. Right. I have two of those on the back of my TV. Um, and then three of the consoles are hooked up, plus the Apple TV, because that's I've got four HDMI ports. Okay. Um, and because I've labeled all the cables 
with quite big labels behind the TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I want to play like the PS3, I just switch out with the Xbox One or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, that's one thing I regret about my television in my basement, which is mainly a game, a gaming rig, is that it only has a couple of HDMI inputs. And so I have a switcher, but they don't work that well. And uh, it's just a little bit of a hassle. But if, you know... That's just another reason to eventually migrate to a 4K TV, <laughs> is how I view it. Well, I, yeah, I, the real problem is actually finding one that has more than like one or two HDMI ports. Yeah. Because um, I think what's happened is the the TV manufacturers have gone, why would you need ports? We've included our terrible Netflix app or uh, our terrible right. Amazon Prime app with the software. Right. So they don't expect you to want to plug in you know, an Apple TV or you know, a TiVo or, or, you know, some alternative like that. Right. Um, so you can find them with more ports, but you really have to dig around for it because a lot of the places don't even tell you what ports come with a TV now. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, the one I got, I got in part because it was, well, it was like a, it was like a closeout model or something. And one of the reasons it was cheaper was because it didn't have a fancy, you know, smart TV system as part of it. And it didn't have many HDMI ports either, so it's it's super simple, but it's got a pretty good pretty good display on it. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it doesn't get like I said, it doesn't really get used for anything much more than the PS4. And like when there's an Apple event, I'll usually watch it down here and and type notes while I'm watching it. But that's that's about all it gets used for. Yeah, I mean the the TV thing is is such a pain. I mean, because I imagine this is what you want, and it's exactly what I want. I don't want the smart stuff built into my TV. No, not really at all. I'm quite capable. I'm quite capable of spending a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars on an Apple TV, and I can use that theoretically forever on whatever TV I've got, as long as I can still plug it in. Um, I don't need to pay extra for all of these ridiculous different smart solutions. I mean, the one on these TVs. I mean, the TV takes like five seconds just to boot. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't know what it's doing. But it takes five seconds. It's just got some I really mean, other... bad chips in it. Some probably like five year ago generation, you know, Snapdragon chips or something. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, but it, other than the boot time, they're very good TVs. Like the display is really nice. It supports 4K right. HDR. Um, we actually have the exact same TV in our living room as well because I bought the first one and I was like. Oh, this is great, and it was really cheap, so I just bought a second one. I know. I'm 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 trying to close my ears because I've I went pricing uh 4K TVs recently as and realized they're a lot cheaper than I remember them being. I think the prices have just come down a lot over the last two, three years. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean I think even if you shop around it, like, you know, they're throwing in like switches and xbox one x's and all sorts of cra- all sorts of stuff with these tvs if, if anything i think they can't get rid of them fast huh, enough interesting yeah i i bought right before 4k was coming down in price so I, i've got a 1080p tv upstairs that it's perfectly fine it's one of those things where it's like i kind of wish it would just die because then i could have an excuse to buy a 4k tv and i don't know what i'd do with it if i if i um you know, if I got a new one, I don't really have anywhere else in the house for it. So I, I think I'm just going to stick with that one. Though the basement has is an option because there, that that TV is already kind of there for the for gaming. So uh, a nicer TV down there would be kind of nice. It's just not the most comfortable part of the house to hang out. It's like people aren't going to go down to the basement to watch TV in our house. It's just not where people go. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, that makes sense. I don't want to get down there. There's this, there's this guy who hangs out <laughs> I in know, there. I know. As much as I like it and have made it my home, it's not for everyone. And he sort of creeps creeps into the rest of the house during the day when nobody else is yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's like, oh, no, there is somebody who lives there. We see him. He pick, pokes his head up from his subterranean lair every so often. Um, okay, Rob. I noticed, I'm, I'm glad you put this in the show notes because I noticed this the other day. I was like, all right, there he is. Rob's back on Twitter. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of back. I'm still looking at Mastodon as well. Yeah. Um, I noticed you're more replying to people than you are tweeting so far because I, I did see you tweet a couple of times. I was like, oh, there's Rob. I haven't seen him in a while. And then and then I looked at your timeline. I was like, oh, he's replying to people still mainly. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I've been doing. I, tomorrow, I'm just trying to just tweet less in some ways. Um, you know, I, I want to try and avoid the... Um, you know, just quote tweeting stuff just for the sake of it, yeah. um, and just sort of—I don't want to just spread around all this anger because you know things are not great right now in the news, just generally. Right. Um, you know, not just in the US but the UK and kind of everywhere else. Yep. So, you know, everyone's pretty angry. Um, so I'm just trying to sort of avoid um, adding to that anger from everyone. Well, I think that's a good idea. Um, I have noticed that. Many of the people who, uh, of the people who really left left Twitter and didn't come and seemed like they weren't coming back, I have noticed more of them starting to come back all around the same time. Is there something about what's been going on over in Mastodon that led you to that, or is it just I don't know what 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 kind of brought you back? I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I know what you're referring to because it, it, it's the sort of the same group of us that were over on Mastodon have all sort of slowly come back to Twitter. Um, right. And I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. It's not that there's anything wrong with Mastodon. It does what it's supposed to do. But I think the biggest problem is the the people who, you know, like you, who have an audience because you write things and you want to share them mm-hmm. um or you know people who make videos or whatever it happens to be just anybody with sort of a large following you can't just give that up i mean we discussed this before you know we discussed this a few months ago right. like and i think that was part of the problem like a lot of people came over to mastodon and was like oh i'm gonna i'm just gonna do all my posts over here now and then everybody sort of disappeared after about three or four weeks mm-hmm. um so it's kind of got really really quiet over there yeah yeah no i noticed that i i've checked in once in a while and it, uh, you know i i don't have any problem with mastodon in general i just i just don't there's just not enough room in my life for yet another social network and you know we talked about it before it's not worth rehashing but but yeah as a result i've pretty much stayed in twitter although i probably i would say overall I think I've tweet less now, although it, it comes and goes in phases, you know, depending on whether I'm busy or bored or whatever it happens to be. Um, I still enjoy it, but uh, I enjoy it through the lens of many, many, many complex mute filters. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've taken your advice and, um, you know, blocked a, a few specific keywords. Um, you know, mainly people running countries or organizing brexits that kind of right, thing yeah uh, you know, i 
you know, a, a, you know, Brexit. Obviously, that you know that does affect me, and I do care about it. But well, there are other. I want to find out about it on my own terms. Yes. I don't need it thrown in my face all day long. Yes. No, I get that too. I get the oh well, you're just putting your head in the sand and ignoring the news. It's like no, I'm ignoring the news on Twitter, <laughs> which is what where I what I'm not there for. So. Yeah, yeah, there's other ways to get that information and you know, you don't have just because you're not looking at it on Twitter doesn't mean you don't care. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I, you know, I'd rather um, you know, tweet less and and tweet less angry things, you know, if I if I am angry about some politics thing or, you know, there's, there's been a Brexit announcement tonight which I haven't looked at, I'm sure it's not going to be great. Right. Um but I I don't need, and presumably the people that follow me don't need me getting angry about Brexit for them to get angry about it. To you know, for them to then re, you know retweet it, or they go and look at the article, and then everyone's getting angry. Like, I think we could all just, just tweet nice things, or just let's just not bother because it just kind of makes Twitter a lot lot better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I it's definitely something that I try to to do as well. Um... Hmm. Well, you know what I'm going to do after we finish recording is I'm going over to the Apple Store because I'm going to test out this new thing that can that 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 would probably be good if you lived in California right now because it can it can detect pollution levels as you walk around throughout the day and of course in California there's a lot of smoke these days. Yeah, I mean it's um, yeah, I mean obviously that's you know that's not great and you know I guess something like this would be really useful to get like a a real sort of air quality index for exactly where you are. Yeah, um, yeah. But this is a this is an interesting little device. Uh, what what is it, it called? Is, uh, my skin track. It's a terrible because that sounds something you should get at the my skin for. track <laughs> UV, which is a terrible name because it it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, and it does more than just as you can expect from the name. It it will detect UV levels, you know, ultraviolet light levels. And and so that, but but it does more than that. It also detects pollution, pollen, and humidity. And it's just like this clip that goes on your, you can put on your clothes or a bag or whatever, anything you carry with you that is exposed to the outside so the sun can see it. And it, it uh, runs off of solar power, which is nice because you don't have to charge it. Um, and it communicates with your iPhone or an Android phone using NFC. Now, it's strange to me that this is Android compatible only because if you read the press release, it also says available only at the Apple Store, which, you know, I'm sure that that's a limited time <laughs> thing. But I was like, really, if you own an Android phone, you have to schlep over to the, you know, have to go over to the, the, the Apple Store to get your, to get this thing and, and use it with your Samsung phone? I, I guess so. There's no reason, you know, it's not like they stop Android users at the door and shame them. Uh, but, but still, it, uh, you would think that they would, you know, sell it at Best Buy or I don't know, some other general electronics store. Um, but yeah, that's you know it. It's made by La Roche Posay, maybe I don't know. They, it's uh, <laughs> they mind. give you. I'll take away. Have, yeah, that sounds. Yeah, about there's right. a companion app that gives you skincare recommendations. It's I think it's the company that makes like L'Oreal. It's you know it's like lotions and and uh, you know skin care products and makeup and things like that. Uh, it developed it, uh, and I I caught my eye this morning on Apple News of all places, and I thought I would, after just doing a short news story about it on Mac Stories, seeing that it was already available, 
I'm going to do an in-store pickup and pick it up and do a little review because it seems it's one of those things that I think like as with fitness and food trackers and all that kind of stuff, one re, one way I think that those kind of devices help is that they make you aware of the issue more than they necessarily, you know, I don't know how much actionable data there is. It's like if you have to go out in the sun, you know, you're, you're going to be out in the sun one way or the other, but now you're reminded to, that maybe you should put sunblock on, right? If you're going to be out for a long time during the day sure. or, you know, you may still have to go to work, but it's there's pollution in the air and maybe you think to yourself well maybe i should see if the pollution levels are better in the evening and then i'll go for a walk in the evening instead of at my lunch hour or you know i don't know it's stuff like that but it's i think sometimes just the awareness of the the conditions is a, a helpful thing to get people to um either alter their behavior or find ways to just be a little more healthy so i thought i would give it a try and I don't know. I got to give it, you know, I'm going to go out for a walk this afternoon, see how the sun is. I, I suspect the sun is not going to kill me in November in Chicago. It is sunny today, but boy, is it cold. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was just realized, I, I was just reading the article that, that you put up on Max Stories. This thing is 12 millimeters wide and 6 mil high. It's super I tiny. imagined this to be like a large thing. I thought this was like the size of an apple oh, box yeah, or something no. on a big clip. Yeah, you can't tell from this um, from this photo, but it it's like the size of a paper clip, basically, um, I think. And it's, it's really tiny because there was another picture I probably should have included in this story, too, of a guy with it clipped to his polo shirt. And it really is just super tiny. And you can... They even suggest you can clip it to a watch strap or to uh, sunglasses. It can go just about anywhere, I think. Or, you know, you can put it on a, I, a backpack or a, or a handbag or I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I've, I've just seen it. They even have a little a picture of somebody wearing it as a necklace. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just around a necklace chain. And, God, yeah, this is really small. Um, I don't think this is available in the UK because... I don't need this information. I definitely don't. Um, but I kind of want well, like it. <laughs> you and I are very similar because I saw I was like, well, this is really cool. Look how small it is. <laughs> and it works with solar power. Wow. And NFC. Yeah, I got excited mainly because of uh, what it is and not necessarily whether I need it. Um, I guess the one thing that makes it, you know, it there is one trade-off because it's NFC. And so you don't have to charge it. But you do have to open the app and scan it um, to get the data off of it. And I think it can hold quite a bit of data on it. It's just that you have to do that once in a while. I think it can actually hold up to three months, I might want to say, that I read somewhere. It's got a pretty good FAQ on the, wow. on the web page. So you don't have to do it constantly. But obviously for the, for the information to be usable for you on, like a, on some kind of real-time basis, you would want to scan it some, at some point during your day. Uh, not just wait three months, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It was, I thought it was kind of, it was one of the more different wearable type things that I've seen in a while. And I thought it was uh, a cool idea. So I want to give it a try. Yeah. I just checked a couple of things. Yes, it is L'Oreal, the company. Yeah. Um, they also don't have it in the UK. Right? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, one thing I don't like is when people do press releases, I, like I get grief sometimes from people saying, well, why did, you know, this isn't available in Europe. Why didn't you say that? And I was like, well, because I don't know. Because <laughs> a lot of times companies don't say, you know what I mean? I mean, it's usually a given 
it seems like usually it's a given that it's in the U.S. Although maybe that's a little too presumptive of me. But um, but when you see one of those things, it's sometimes very hard to tell what countries it's available in. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. I, I've seen you know stuff like this is a perfect example. Like I'm looking on the website and they're like, pick it up at the any Apple store, and it's like, well, you mean any Apple store in the U.S. Right, you know? and that's fine. It's a U.S. company. I kind of get that, but. I'm not sure it is. I feel I like think the it might problem be is with. Oh, okay. Yeah, that should have make a lot of yeah. sense. Um, but I, I guess in some ways, I think it's very, very different because it's like Apple related. Because Apple generally is a worldwide brand. You know, they release something, and generally you're going to be able to get that in your country within, you know, three months or something right. at the most. Uh, you know, not every country, but a large, large portion of, of countries. Whereas I think. You know, you look at something like the the Echo, um, where it was like it was in the US for a long time, and then it's finally came to like Canada and the UK, and you think, well, you know, you'd assume generally that it's going to be available in places like Canada, the UK, Australia, but right. I think with Apple, they're a lot better at doing that, whereas a lot of other companies aren't. Right. Um, and I think maybe that's where some of the sort of, as you say, like comments from people like, "Why didn't you mention this?" Because like you say, you're just not going to know. Yeah, yeah, you don't always know. I mean, and usually Apple is pretty good about some of that stuff, at least with their own products. Because, like, for instance, I know I just heard, I think I heard this when I was listening to Upgrade the other day with Jason Snell and Mike Hurley, that, that the rumors are that the Apple video streaming service is going to be available in, like, 100 countries when it launches or rolled out in a very short period of time to 100 countries, which is really kind of... I guess we kind of take it for granted with a lot of Apple stuff that, you know, like when Apple Music came out, I know that it wasn't everywhere initially, but compared to something like you said, like the Echo, it it's global very quickly because like the Echo is still struggling to be, I think the Echo, what is it? It's maybe in a dozen countries at this point, maybe. I mean, it's not, it's not yeah. across Europe. I know. I know it's, I think it made it to Germany eventually and Italy and I forget where else, but uh but even some of the new stuff that they've released isn't available in the UK. Right. You know, it's it's like they start the process again every time they come up with a new Echo product. It starts in the US again, and then it'll eventually roll out everywhere Yeah, and else. you would think that they would get that down, right? I mean, there's obviously a lot of complex issues to deal with when you're talking about regulated products that are regulated by different countries with different laws. But, you know, if that's your job, if that's your, your business is to make those things, You'd think you'd get that figured out, you know, especially for the the bigger markets. But uh, that's one thing where Amazon doesn't it's, seem to get it. It's only Amazon; they're a little company. Give, give them time; <laughs> they'll, <laughs> they'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. Oh, you know what? But pretty soon we'll be talking about Black Friday deals. Are you, have you, is your wallet ready? Oh, my wallet's ready. I need some Wi Fi stuff. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> and you, you know how expensive that. I've can got get. a promo code for you for the Euro. Is that in the UK? That's a good question. That wasn't in the UK. No, for it's not. I wish it. Oh, was. I thought it was. I think it's coming. I think I read somewhere that it's coming soon. I am googling it right. The now. Orbi, I think, Euro is. I, I know the Orbi's UK. in Italy, so I bet it's in the UK. Uh, the Orbi's in the UK. Yeah, the yeah. Orbi's very that good. Is, um... Oh, hang on. Is it Eero Home? Oh, no, this is a third-party seller. Oh. This isn't... It's going to take three weeks to get here. I think this is somebody shipping Eero's from the US. <laughs> uh, and then, and then throwing an adapter it. in the box for the plug. Oh, my God. And it's also £700. 
Um, yeah, this is definitely a third party. So Euros aren't cheap, but they're not that much. <laughs> no, um, no, the uh, the Netgear Orbi is what I've got my eye on. Yeah, I think Federico ended up getting that. It, I I like it. I mean, I've got mm. that and a Euro, so I've got all my bases covered. Yeah, I've got like three or four different versions uh, on my wish list, so I can keep an eye and see which ones come discounted or not. It's a good idea. I'm hoping there's. I got I already got like a pre uh, pre Black Friday game deal. I got Dark Souls for the Switch for I think twenty seven dollars. You know, it's a forty dollar game. That, oh wow! Yeah, that good. was a good good deal for a new game. So you know. Yeah, I'm sure I'll uh, try and pick up some cat food. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, don't, <laughs> as is tradition. Don't give, don't give away the uh, the punchline for the next episode. <laughs> All right. Well, that's cool. Oh, that's dear. cool. I like that. Cool. Well, should we uh, should we wrap it up? Yeah, then? I think so. Cool. Okay. Well, show notes. I think this is episode seventy-five. Oh, no, hey, we are three quarters of the way to hundred. Three quarters. Yeah, there we go. Yes, this is episode seventy-five. Nice. That's uh, that's a lot of episodes. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of talking. All right. Well, yeah, we'll we'll talk to everybody in a couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, you can find us both both on Twitter. <laughs> Rob, Rob doesn't <laughs> promise to tweet anything up but nice things to you, which is unfortunate. But but uh, if you want somebody to get irascible and mean, you can maybe tweet at me. And uh, yeah, just uh, get you riled up on a on a good day. And, uh, every now and then, I do get a little riled up, and you'll find me. Uh, <laughs> I you know sometimes I can't hold back. Mostly, I just ignore the the haters though. All right, Rob. Well, I guess I'll talk to you soon then. All right, speak okay, to you later. Bye.